Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is the PA Turnpot Rundown. On today's episode, we're going to cover the crazy MLB saga that is the lockout. At the time of recording, it is locked out. No agreement here with the CBA. Free agency will check up on the teams who made moves. The Phillies finally made a couple moves at the very end. Next, we'll do the college football coaching carousel. Coaches leaving left and right. Then we'll do the Sixers weekend review as they have a four-game road skid as they drop to the Boston Celtics the night prior. Next, we'll touch on the Eagles' devastating loss against the Giants into Week 12 review. And then tonight's Thursday night football preview, the Dallas Cowboys on the road in New Orleans. And then we'll wrap up the episode with our wins and losses. But first, let's take a pause for our sponsors over at Anchor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 22 of the podcast that will never enter a lockout due to collective bargaining agreement disagreements. I am Rob, joined as always by a man who just got over his recent bout of COVID toe, Joel. How are you, buddy? Uh, feeling better. The toe is 100% healed. <laughs> uh, can't confirm or deny that how long I've had it, but COVID toe is cleared. How about you, sir? How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I have COVID headache um, since everything is just now COVID. Uh, <laughs> oh, that sucks, man. Yeah, um, I will. Not really, but how was your Thanksgiving? We're going to dive right into it. Oh, yeah, um, we're diving right into it. I mean, the people have been missing us. We did one episode last week prior to Thanksgiving. A lot, of, a lot has happened since. Let's just say I'm going to set the over-under for 74 and a half degrees for how hot it was in the house that I was attending. Um, and Smash the over? Over's club hits again. Let's go. Um, I, uh, I The first half of my day was good because I spent it in my own home. <laughs> Watched the, uh, the Lions game, had some cookies. I actually ate Chinese food before going to the, uh, the Thanksgiving celebration because I knew I wasn't going to eat anybody else's food. What and, a king. <laughs> and I made so many meatballs that I knew I was going to have leftovers. So I'm like, I'm not really interested in any of this. This is so what a king move. Kind of just popped in. Yeah. Um, um, now, uh, <laughs> to give you an early W for the week, all right. it was myself because I actually I charged my phone up before we left. Yeah. And I was not the driver which means I could consume copious amounts of alcohol to get through the night. And I could also watch the game on my phone. So I didn't miss a snap of the Cowboys game. That's a lie. I missed a little bit of it because we had to stop at Wawa because the house we went to only had water and alcohol. They had nothing else to drink. And the water was room temp. So. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a good game, though. You, yeah. you managed to watch a tremendous game. Yeah, that was a great game. Um, well, we'll touch on that in a little bit. Yeah. How was uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Ah, oh, it was perfection. I mean, some would say depressing, <laughs> but I spent it alone, at home. Just me, my feels, and the football games that were on. I, I was just chilling. That. The friends were doing their thing. Parents went out. I was gonna go up to uh, to visit you guys, and I was like. Yeah, I'm not going to depress myself. So it's better just, for your mental health that you didn't. Yeah, so I sit, stood back and chilled. So out of the two of us, I think I had a pretty good one. Plus, you had a you had off the following day, right? Oh, 1,000%. Yeah, I didn't. I work retail. So next day was the biggest day of the year. <laughs> for the so, donkeys out there. Yeah, morons. Um, well, I had a friend who, had, who shared me her uh, Thanksgiving, and 
It almost rivals yours, but I think yours is worse. So homegirl doesn't cook, right? So she has... Uh, That's red flag number one. Yeah. Well... I'm kidding. I mean, teach their own. And then uh, <laughs> her ex is uh, making food. He's like, I'm going to make food. He's like, all right, cool, bet. But he's drunk. So he's drinking mm. from like nine in the morning. And he had two turkeys in a giant Tupperware grinding it or whatever it's like you know soaking it its own juice uh brining or brining it that yeah making mashed potatoes making all the stuff you know stuffing all the goods for thanksgiving and then along the way he's too drunk to continue passes out on the couch they both pass out actually wakes up and he gets up like yeah i'm not doing this goes back to sleep <laughs> So there's <laughs> nothing was finished, nothing was done. <laughs> All the food that was promised to be cooked was not cooked and not eaten. That's how that person spent their Thanksgiving, which is sad, but a fun story at the end of the day. I but nothing like yours. It. I would prefer to spend it the way you did because a turkey costs however many dollars, but like 10, 20 bucks. And you got to throw it in the oven for 50 hours. Um, a turkey would have uh, cost my stomach to just be destroyed because your stomach would have consumed itself because you would have ran out of moisture um (laughs) those little stouffer's dinners you can just throw in the microwave for like four and a half minutes they're like eight bucks they're better than an actual turkey much cheaper than turkey and it actually holds moisture so that would have been the way to go throw a little cholula on it call it a day that's wild man yeah we were texting back and forth you were just not having it i was giving you the rundown Should have just had an impromptu pod. I would have gone to the bat and I could have TV in the friggin' place. We should have. Yeah, they didn't have um cable, so we couldn't watch the game. So I we could have just provided I could have just had you on FaceTime on like the TV or something. I made so much money off of you though. I smashed the over. Oh really? Yeah, I smashed the over on uh the, the temperature and the plus two fifty <laughs> on the over. Of you like, I'm going to stay there for 65 minutes, 75 tops. No, son, you were there for at least four hours, it felt like. So I smashed uh, and made money it off felt of that. Like it felt like four hours. Um, so I made good money off that one. So I made some I actual it. money on Thursday. I don't know how you did on the uh, on the investments. but uh, So the, the Detroit money line killed me. Yeah, that one um, killed me too. I, had, I used a free bet that I had from, so I did like a Sixers boost. It was like whatever the Wednesday thing was last week or whatever. Uh-huh. Where you, it, for every point scored, you get like a dime toward a free bet. Um, oh, shit. And I had, um, it was like a $22 free bet, I think. And I used it on a DeAndre Swift two touchdowns and he gets hurt in the middle of the game. So that hurt me. Um, Deshaun Jackson however, got me the touchdown. Yeah, I, I did take that. I got Deshaun Jackson. And we mentioned touchdown. that last week on the pod. Yeah. Take him. Um, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, I took the Raiders plus seven, I think it was, plus seven and a half, something like that. Plus seven and a half, you took them. Yeah, I was texting both my cousins, and they were like, no, we like Cowboys big. And I was like, all right. I think the over. On yeah, the over was the game. A, that was, wow, that was a high over, too. 60s, I think. And 62 and a half, I think it was. Um, and then I laid the four with the Bills later on. I don't know how I got them at four, because it was like six at game time. But I got them at four, and they – clobbered the saints yeah this, the the bill single game parlay that i did was perfection i had Knox, really? i had Knox getting a touchdown and literally he was the first one to get the touchdown i was like the yeah. hardest one he was like a plus two something the hardest oh, one wow. without everybody else needed just to catch the ball get like 25 to 30 receptions yeah. and i'm good 
I had no faith in Trevor, Trevor Simeon. I just needed Josh Allen to just give me yeah. a touchdown, which yeah, he did. Simeon is gross, which we'll get to later, but <laughs> it's about time they made the change. Yeah. Um, well, he's healthy now. Taysom Hill yeah. is starting tonight. Starting so, a fullback. But before we get into the football, uh, I think we have some mailbags. We do. Some we have mail a couple mailbags. Trying. Now, you have updated this more recently than I have. I think I have two mailbags, and then you may have put your own on there. Um, so we'll start with this. We react. We actually, I didn't realize until after the episode last week, we actually skipped the mailbags that we had, and we teased them. We said we we got two mailbags for you, and then we just didn't do them. Oh, so th- th- this first one comes from a friend of mine. Um, it actually was from before when Embiid came back, because if you remember, we recorded last Tuesday, I believe it was. And Embiid had not returned yet um, because he came back on that Saturday. Uh, This person asked, with Embiid's return looming, which it obviously has now come and gone, what is your favorite Joel Embiid moment? Mm. Damn. I want to say it has to be, for me, two of them. Early on in his career, when he was out in the streets of Philadelphia, and he would play (laughs) – Pick up basketball with the locals and dunk swat on the kids shit and dunk on kids and swat it. That was great. And then recently, when he's talked about Ben Simmons, he's like, "I don't care about that guy." Awesome king. And there's a third one. Oh, when uh, him and Towns went at it, I think about a couple seasons ago, and he put on an Instagram post. He's like the best of both towns. It was he's great. Yeah, he said, uh, "Yeah, his feuding with Towns and Drummond is pretty funny." Yeah. I went more. Um, I have one. I'm sure it's the non, windmill. <laughs> yeah, the windmill is probably my favorite because I was there for that. Um, windmill comes to mind. That was the first thing I thought of. And then the airplane running down the court. Yeah. Um, I was at his debut when he hit like a dream shake from like really? the top of the key and then blocked Westbrook all in the span of about 20 seconds. <laughs> and that was like the coolest thing. That was the loudest that plays had been in a long time. And then um, my other one is when he was in college still. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, he was outwardly crushing on Rihanna, and he would Photoshop her into pictures on Instagram of him. <laughs> he would be like in his he would be like a like an action shot from him doing something at Kansas, and you could see he photoshopped her into the crowd wearing his jersey. I always thought that was pretty funny. He's he's gold. He's the greatest. Uh, and um, I'm proud to own a jersey now of his. Yeah, I'm proud also. But the last time I wore his uh, his jersey in person, the last two times they've lost, so I got him. Switched up a little bit. I wore the black. It, it's obviously fake because he didn't. He wasn't around for it. But the Iverson era black jersey. I got a fake one from China. <laughs> I got his name on it, and I wore it to Game Seven last year, and they lost. And then I wore it opening night, and they lost. So, might have <laughs> switched up a little bit. Yeah, I gotta wear the uh, the city edition if that gets here in time for my next time I'm going. You got a cork Maz on the way, right? I just got my maxi, so I'll probably I wear a maxi, maxi and a bead. Hey. I was I was debating between Corkmaz and Curry, and I decided on neither. I said, <laughs> by the time it gets here, one of them will be out of the rotation. Then Corkmaz very well has been out of the rotation. <laughs> <laughs> Niang might, might as well be in now. Yeah, God, he might be gone too. Who knows? I'm surprised you don't have one before he goes. I'm going to get a hip-hop. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what's the next question you have? Um, so the next one here is um is max scherzer a clubhouse and contract nightmare now this comes on the tails mm. on the heels of um him signing one of the largest contracts in free agency history 
and actually the largest in terms of an annual um, average annual value. He's getting $43 million a year. That's craziness. Three years, $130 million from the Mets. Um, the Mets are uh, rejoicing here. So what do you think? His contract uh, seems pretty high, but I mean, Steve Cohen has been willing to spend money, and I, that's evident here. I mean, I think Steve Cohen pissed his pants later on, though. I think he was more preoccupied with that. Yeah, um, I think he's on a spending spree because he's pissed off about the other thing. Yeah, right. Uh, the Max Scherzer deal, that was surprising. I thought he was, was. going to be an L.A. Dodger for life. I thought, he was West be, Coast. I thought he would go to the Giants, honestly. What a hoe that would be. <laughs> I thought that would be good because you're slapping your rival in the face and you're also filling a huge void. He's just going where the money is. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, is that the new wave now in baseball? Like, If you're that good, sign these small deals and then you know, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, we'll get to it when we, when we do Stroman too. Mm. A lot of these guys that are willing to bet on themselves, and I think, I think this is beneficial both for club and player. Because you look at the Pujols contract when he got his, you look Jeez. at, um, I, I honestly, Jake Arrieta was one of the, the first guys to do it because he got three or 75 from the Phillies. Yeah. But you look at the Pujols contract, um, I'm trying to think of who else. You know, Josh Hamilton signed a massive contract. Um, a lot of long term deals don't work out. Harper. Ryan Howard. Yeah. Harper's got 13 year, but Ryan Howard, five for 125, and then he tore his Achilles. Robinson Cano. Um, Cano is still being paid by the Mets. Um, he's actually the fourth highest paid player on the Mets payroll this year. That's crazy. Um, but I think that, yeah, the, the new wave of these MLB contracts appears to be, unless you're young enough, which, you know, we'll see with Seager and Simeon and everybody, um, you know, the short term deals with a high average annual value, because it's beneficial not only to the team because they're not tied to you forever, but it's beneficial to the player because you're still getting paid a ton of money. And if and the market keeps raising, we'll see what happens with the CBA. But the market keeps rising to where you know Harper's contract almost looks like a steal compared to some of these. Yeah, you know if Harper hit the free agent market this year, he'd be making closer to 350, 370. Um, and we'll see what happens with Correa. I think he's the most comparable to Harper and Machado. Yeah, but um, it, it's definitely beneficial to both parties. I would I would say I don't know about you. Oh, likewise for sure. Um, is it's I like it. It's refreshing. Mm -hmm. These guys aren't here long term, and then you know they can yeah. resign or just like, like Scherzer yeah. li literally started last season as a national, ends mm -hmm. the season as a champion, I believe. No, no, did he? Uh, almost. No, no, he the lost Braves. in the NLCS. Yeah, um, lost the Braves, and then says, you know what? Fuck it. Let me go back to the, to the East Coast, and yeah, let me just guy. go to the NL, and then of course goes to the rival of the Nats. Yeah. Always happens. So now my question also, um, I don't have a full list of these in front of me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how often we really tie the two together because I feel like so many big contracts end up being massive flops. I mean, just across the board. Max Scherzer, I believe, signed a seven-year deal for 140 million dollars with the Nationals in the 2014 offseason. Okay. Do you think he's the greatest value, or like he's the greatest free agent? in the history of baseball to sign and in, in terms of like how long they sign and how much value they like how much they got paid and then how well they played throughout the contract so he was he was a national for six and a half years and was absolutely amazing for his entire duration there then he gets traded to the dodgers they get a pretty good return the nationals do and then he goes and pitches really well down the stretch for la 
I mean, is he the best free agent signing in, in recent memory? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. In baseball, anyway. I mean, it's, I mean, it's he tough makes to an impact. argue with. Yeah. An immediate impact. Immediately. Like, you know, yeah. you give up something, you give up the farm, you're going deep in the playoffs. Yeah. And he's loyal. He'll stay six years with the Nats. Yeah, I mean. Like, it flew by. And you look at that offseason. I remember the offseason pretty vividly. Scherzer, David Price, uh, James Shields were the three main uh, players available. James Shields goes to the Padres and just stinks it up. Eventually gets traded to um, to the White Sox. Stinks there. Uh, he's not even around anymore. David Price, that offseason, signed with the Red Sox. He got traded a couple of years That is a trigger for Benny. Let's not ever mention David Price. And the Red Sox. That's David a Price stinks it up. He gets traded with bets to the Dodgers. Wins the World Series, but he wasn't actually on the roster because he opted out. Um, mm. But Scherzer, for sure. I mean, you can look at other sports. Um, I can't really think of any like big hockey contracts that worked out. Um, but, you know, obviously LeBron and Durant, all those big guys in the NBA bounce around from time to time. Yeah, but those are because they're building a super team. This is one yeah. player coming in, like a pitcher too, establishing yeah. a rotation or at least mm-hmm. the top of the rotation anyway, and a workhorse, especially when it comes down to stretch. He'll pitch on three days rest. Oh, yeah. So it's so pretty he's, cool. He's 37. He's had a three-year deal. Just to, I guess this is on the heels of, uh, just to elaborate, I guess. So Scherzer's, this is according to Ken Rosenthal, three-year, $130 million includes... Uh, four premium tickets to every Mets home game. He gets to per- he has the right to purchase home game um, tickets to each postseason home game. His incentives include two hundred thousand dollars for MVP, two hundred thousand for Cy Young, one hundred fifty thousand for World Series MVP, one hundred thousand for uh, League Championship Series MVP, and one hundred thousand dollars for an All Star. So he could make probably a couple hundred thousand more. I don't know if he's going to win MVP or Cy Young anytime soon, but he'll probably be an All Star this year. And that's just the contract. You don't know the endorsements he has and other yeah, deals yeah. that he's got going on. Um, Pretty crazy, though. It's it's wild. Baseball is just lucrative with their money like that. Really is. Um, well, let's let's break down this potential MLB lockout because yeah. there's only been a, a handful in our lifetime, as we mentioned prior to recording. I know two NHLs for sure. Baseball, I think, had one already. Unless this is the first one in a while for them, uh, ML not MLB NBA had one, but then they resolved it, and then so did the NFL as well, close to it. Yeah, um, I believe the NBA and NFL ones were kind of happening at the same time because I know the the NBA played like a fifty six game season, I think it was, unless, or yeah. something something like that. That was the year the Sixers made the play. That was actually the year they beat the Bulls in the first round. Uh, that was their last postseason bid before a couple of years ago. Um, NFL was resolved right before the beginning of the season. Um, we also had the replacement rep strike when that the NFL funny. officials went on on strike. That was actually a wild time um, in, in your lifetime, but right before mine, uh, the MLB had a strike in the fall of 1994 leading into the spring of 1995 where they actually canceled the World Series. Um, NHL had a lockout 2004-05. As soon as that ended, they implemented a salary cap, which was actually the um, what the players struck, um, like striked about in 1994. And baseball was the the owners wanted to put in a, a salary cap. <laughs> That's what happened to the NHL in 05. And then there was a short um, lockout similar to the NBA's, where the NHL didn't start the 2012-2013 season until January. So 
this is not necessarily unprecedented, but it's certainly disheartening because uh, the hot stove is one of my favorite <laughs> like, free agency periods because there's only so much that can happen in the other sports. Yeah, It just feels like there's hundreds and hundreds of free agents in baseball and always a big trade. It's always something big. So this sucks. Yeah, I mean, what's the what's the issue though? What's happening? I saw like some kind of report where the uh, commissioner poo pooed it because it was going to hurt these smaller markets. So it, it might have been something about the uh, the luxury tax. Something, um, something and, about salary cap. I believe. Yeah, baseball has um, what's called revenue sharing, which is where the bigger clubs, Dodgers, Red Yankees. Sox, Yankees, the teams that are over what is considered the luxury tax um, tax threshold. That's a, that's like a soft salary cap. You pay a tax on the amount that you go over. That money goes into a pool, which then feeds some of the smaller market teams like Tampa Bay, Miami, um, who are some other small markets. Miami like, is like a Seattle. Small one? Well, their revenue is so low because they have no fans down there. Okay, um, so then like so, uh, Kansas City? Like, yeah, like Kansas City, Seattle, teams that don't really generate a ton, um, fan a base. ton of revenue. Yeah. But okay. that's... That's one of the issues. Another one is service time. Um, so what happens in Major League Baseball is I believe you get six years where your clock starts. because So Chris Bryant, for example, yeah, his clock technically started in 2015, but his first year of full service time was 16. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 was his six years. But what happened in 2015 is the Cubs waited about a month to call him up because yeah. after a certain point in the season – if I call you up after, I don't know, May 10th or whatever, it's probably sooner. It's probably like April, something or other. A couple weeks into the season, your clock doesn't actually start. So you get an extra three quarters of a season that only counts toward one year of service time. So guys are getting a free agency when they're like 30. So mm-hmm. that's why it was so huge that Bryce Harper had free agency at like 28 because he was one of the youngest free agents ever. Jesus. So players want the clock to start sooner or the clock to be shortened. Owners want to control the players for a longer period of time a smaller dollar amount and another thing that uh has happened recently is uh mlb the average contract amount like salary per season has actually gone down a little bit um so the average salary per player has gone down a tad which is what players are fighting against these guys want more money of course yeah they want a bigger share like slice of the pie basically as as these athletes should because they're bringing in the revenue like i'm not yeah i'm not going to citizens bank bar to see joe girardi make a double switch well, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah, nobody's watching the Mets because of their GM or their owner. They're watching because of the players in the field. So, oh, that stupid Mister Matt. Yeah, there's a ton of weird stuff. Um, oh. I I found a good article about it. Um, I can send it to you. I can post it on the Instagram too. The revenue is one of the issues. Um, Do you think it will get resolved? Because it looks like they were lasted 30 minutes, half an hour. That's not a yeah, good they, sign. They met Tuesday morning. And it was reported, I forget who reported, it might have been um, it's either Joel Sherman or Jeff Passan or somebody said the uh, the Not meeting lasted less than a half hour. Yeah, Buster only. Or Woj. They met, yeah, they met Tuesday and they may have met Wednesday. Wednesday might have been even shorter. Yeah. They met oh. Tuesday and they it didn't last very long. So they're they're on different pages. I think it will be resolved. However, when, who knows? I, definitely not until the new year, if yeah. not closer to you know February, March. So this could go on for a while. That sucks. Um, do you think it'll go into spring training? Do you think that's when you'll see re- resolution, or do you think it'll fear to like it'll go a little bit deeper? So it's good that you asked that because I think honestly, it, it if anything, so if there's any like true lasting effect of this, 
Yeah. Um, one, you saw a lot of guys taking huge contracts now because they're not sure what the rules might change or anything like that. They don't know how long it's going to go. So a guy like Carlos Correa doesn't have you know money coming in aside from his endorsements right now. That's what probably pushed Corey Seager and all these guys to make these big, you know, life-changing decisions right now. Um, so guys aren't going to get paid until the spring. I think what could happen is they might push spring training back a little bit. Um, I don't know if they'll delay the beginning of the season unless it really gets bad. But I think what will ultimately happen is we're going to get to like mid-February, maybe early March, and that's when you're going to see a little bit of the, you know, the talks heating up. Maybe they put something in place that is super temporary. They say, you know, we'll, we'll extend the current CBA another year and then we'll worry about it again. Or I don't know what will happen, but I think we'll see an agreement at some point, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. Damn. Um, do you think this is also leading to the inevitable uh, proposal of shortening the season for good? I mean, granted, if it goes this into spring training, these guys that are – can't even use the facilities. Granted, they can yeah. go wherever they want and train in their own backyards or wherever. They can do some training, but to have access to your clubhouse and the you know the managers, the team, whatever, the trainers, yeah. they won't be ready to play full baseball, full season without that spring training in live game. Do you think it's best if they shorten the season, A, for this upcoming season, and B, for basically you know knock it down from what 162 to 140 i don't know what what do you think it's a good question um honestly if revenue is the big issue they're going to want to probably keep the season at 162 i think if you shorten the season you're going to end up seeing them add playoff teams because the more playoff games the more revenue the more ad you know advertising so i mean i think honestly the best thing they should do this is my opinion it's been my opinion for a little while is if they're going to shorten the season they shouldn't shorten the time from opening day to the last day of the season they should just have less games in that time span for more rest days, which will lead to a lot less injuries. And then you can also start the playoffs at the same time. Um, so I would say if the goal is to start around March 30th, which is when season generally starts and then end around October 2nd or 3rd, continue it that way. But maybe instead of 162 to 148 or 152, you're only taking 10 to 12 days off games on the schedule, but you're also at the same time giving them extra days, days off for travel, things like that especially with interleague every day. That's a lot of travel for some teams. Um, I think they should shorten it. I don't think they will, but I think they should. Maybe this season they will. Maybe you'll see a 140-game season because they have to start a little bit later. Maybe they shorten spring training by a week, but I think going forward they're not going to want to shorten the season in general. Yeah, because I think it would also bring in – I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have a pulse on baseball, so I'll be the worst person to talk about this, but – like I feel like I'm not really into baseball that much because it just just drags on forever, and it's 162 sure. games, so it's not like basketball where I have 80 games or football where it's 16 to 17 weeks. I yeah. have to like at least get so small. This is yeah. 162 games. I can if I miss Tuesday, I can watch Wednesday's or Friday's game, if that you know. Yeah, and the more games, the less each one matters. In mm. football, you know, three game losing streak in football can kill you. A three game losing streak in baseball is just like, oh, they lost a couple games, like. Now, did you watch it all a couple of years ago when they did the 60-game season due to COVID? Yeah. Now, that was a different animal, and I actually really enjoyed that. That I Not enjoyed. because of the fact – not because of the fact that it was shortened, but the fact that every game felt like it mattered. You play the Braves the second week of the season, you're like, you know, they got to win two out of these three. Like, you're three and a half games out. And this is that where the division play like counts. Yeah, and you're, you feel like you're 100 games out when you're three and a half games out, 60-game season. So – 
and that made the games down the stretch a lot more, you know, like, I don't know, it's the best word. It, it felt like there was more leverage in every big spot that could be gained or lost. And, you know, we, you know, Phillies went on one nine out of 10 at one point. It was like, this is absurd. Like that, it felt like <laughs> they were really surging, but. Yeah, I mean, I mean baseball is yeah. weird. Like it's weird, like these CBAs, these talks, potential lockouts with greed and money and revenue and all this stuff. At the end of the day, the players want to play. Fans want to see this. Let's make it happen. Um, should we list the names that we have here of the people who have signed? Yeah. Yeah, there's a handful of guys. Like, will you shut up? There's a handful of guys here on the list that have already Benny, signed. Uh, Benny is not having this list. I, I think he wants to see is. Trevor Story. That's why. he's. I hear you, Benny. Benny wants, like, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, Benny is a true Trevor Story fan. If you ever seen, if you ever heard the episode where Rob gave the eulogy and he says, oh, they can get Trevor Story, that was because Benny insisted putting in there. He's been asking me Benny. nonstop. He keeps waking me up and looking at my face. Dad, can we get Trevor Story already? Has he signed yet? And then Rob had the displeasure <laughs> to tell him, the Phillies signed Corey Nebel and Johan Camargo. <laughs> yeah, Johan Camargo, if you squint, he kind of looks like Trevor Story. <laughs> um, so we'll just go in order. Um, Corey Seager got the biggest contract so far by a mile. Jeez. 10 years, uh, $325 million to Texas. And then the second largest contract, Marcus Simeon, seven years, 175 also to Texas. So they just got a new ballpark before the 2020 season. 21 Eagles? was the first year. Yeah, 21 was the first year they were able to use it. Yeah. Like with fans there. Uh-huh. Um, so that, that I bet you they're trying to pack that ballpark, trying to sell their fans on the idea. Um, they were supposedly they were linked to Trevor Story and Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw's still out there, but Story and Kershaw are both from Texas. So it makes a little bit more sense for them. At this point, story's not happening because they have Seeger and Simeon, but um that, that also those two deals set the market for Correa now because Correa is still out there and Story's still out there. And they set it for bias, who we'll get to in a second. But Correa is going to get more than Seager did because he is going to stay at shortstop a little bit longer. I figure Corey Seager's going to have to move over to third at some point. You think Houston's going to let him walk? I don't know. That's a great question. Because Freddie Freeman's where, where, still out there. Where do you think? Right? Uh, yeah. Where do you think Correa goes? I think ultimately he'll stay in Houston. Yeah. It, but, it feels like his market has really shrunk. But if anything, I don't. Well, here's the thing: I don't follow the sports. So I don't know who's, what. Yeah. He's a shortstop, right? I don't know what team he's needs be there a, a shortstop. While. So the Yankees need one. The Phillies need one. And right now, the Astros need one. The question is: Will Houston sign him to a long-term deal? Because they have a couple prospects that are big names that are coming up that are both short that are both shortstops. Um, they have a kid that might be ready now. Um, the oh, Yankees, no, Yankees have no money, like no shortstop, but they have plenty of money. Phillies have no shortstop. I don't know how much money they have to spend. I think he'll go to the Yankees. I think if he leaves Houston, it'll be to New York. Um, Detroit was rumored for him for a little while, but they wound up signing Javier Baez. Six years, 140 for Baez. Um, I like that pick. It's a little big, but, I mean, he's going to be fine there. I, he's a guy that can, when you, he gets hot. Him and can, Mickey? Oh, man. I want to see Cabrera in a playoff race, for Christ's sake. Do you think he he's... He's set in stone, right, with Detroit? Like, there's no um, way he's leaving? So I believe this is the last year on his contract. If not, it's next year. That's another one that um, we he, missed. He's the one yeah. that signed a long-term deal in Detroit. 
signed a huge contract and he was great for half of it. But, you know, as is usually the case, once you hit like 33, 34, you really fall off. Um, but yeah, Cabrera's there. Unless they eat a lot of that contract to send him to a contender, I don't really know what team could use him unless, you know, there is a universal designated hitter, which could also happen as a result of the CBA negotiations. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, we touched on Max Scherzer to the Mets, $43 million a year, highest AAV in MLB history. Um, I believe that is the highest in the four North American sports as well, unless LeBron makes more. <laughs> um, Robbie Ray, the reigning Cy Young Award winner, to Trash. Seattle five years. Yeah, five years, 115. Um, that's big pickup for them. That's at 19 they just million a year. The playoffs. They just missed the playoffs. Or $24 million a year? I don't know. And that's Whatever bringing in revenue too, because that team was hot going down the stretch, and now you bring in the you know the reigning Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, and they needed some pitching, and that, that's something that they're going to make some more moves. I could see them picking up Chris Bryant. I could see them bringing in. It's a nice pickup. If anybody makes a run at Freeman, I mean they should. I'm sure the Yankees. I I ultimately think he stays put, but they could bring in a guy like Anthony Rizzo or a guy like you know Chris Bryant, and maybe not even call it a day. Schwarber would look good out there in Seattle too. Um, Kevin Gosman, yeah, Girardi would look good too. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Gosman, the big Gossman, leaving the um, San Francisco Giants for Toronto five one ten. That's an awful lot. I would much rather have Robbie Ray, but hey, that's me. Again, just like you mentioned, with the lockout looming, make your move, get yeah. out of there. Make some yeah, fun. you got to also consider they lost Robbie Ray and they lost Marcus Simeon, so Toronto's in the market for some moves. Yeah. Um, Starling Marte to the Mets, four years, seventy-eight million. That's a long-term deal for a guy that's probably not going to stay in center field very long. Um, next up, John Gray to Texas, four years, fifty-six million. John Gray's a guy that probably would not have signed until later on in the winter. Yeah. In in the normal climate, mm-hmm. um, usually guys like him will will linger, and somebody eventually will sign him in like January, February. Um, Avisayo Garcia, Miami, four years, fifty-three. It's a, he's going to kill the Phillies. I already know it. <laughs> No way. Uh, Justin Verlander, two years, $50 million back with Houston. A lot of people had him going to the Yankees. Um, Houston made sense. I thought Atlanta might have made sense, too, for him, but Houston, why not keep him? Uh, uh, he's like uh, Max Serger. I loved Verlander, though. Just take a short two, you know, year on the contract, make go to a contender. So Houston's good, but if they're losing Correa, he's yeah. going to be like, I need help. Give me some offense, even though they can't yeah, they, hit. But they could also be losing Zach Greinke. Uh, yeah, uh, and I'm not positive, but maybe Michael Brantley. I, I would have to check on that. But uh, Stephen Math, St. Louis, four years, forty-four million dollars. Steve Cohen pissed his pants on Twitter because apparently um, um, Stephen Matz said the Mets were going to match any offer he got in free agency, but they didn't. So Cohen got pissed off and then went on a spending spree and bought all the other free agents, so nobody else could have any. Um, San Francisco re-signs Anthony DiScalfani, three years, $36 million. Um, New York Mets also signed Mark Canna, two years, 26. Kendall Greer right went to the White Sox. Here. Let's pause right here. I see a lot of New York Mets, yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, Houston Astros, a lot of uh, Texas Rangers. These Phillies better be making a mahoosive pickup eventually when you know they can make moves. Yeah, and you this know looks bad. You, look you know who big else names. is? Big names have been off the board. Could have been a Philly. So. There are two other noticeable absences from this list. 
Mm. Um, they made a trade yesterday, but the Boston Red Sox haven't signed anybody yet. And the New York Yankees haven't signed anybody yet. But those teams are like, they're already loaded as is. They're just getting yeah. richer and fatter. But I think the Yankees could use another, they could use a first baseman for sure. Red Sox could use a first baseman. They lost Schwarber. They're going to need a left-handed bat. I think they're both in play for Anthony Rizzo. I think also watch for a Matt Olson trade to the Yankees. Um, but the Red Sox made a trade yesterday. They traded Hunter Renfro, not the wide receiver, the right fielder. <laughs> they traded him to the uh, the Brewers, and they got Jackie Bradley back. So Red Sox are going to be active to some extent, but they're going to need to make some moves too. Uh, you have our boy, friend of the show, Thor. Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. Early pickup for the LA Angels. That's a good like pickup. First, yeah, he was like the first domino to fall too, wasn't he? Yeah, he got only one year, 21 mil. That's better than the qualifying offer he turned down. Yeah, right. And let's pause. I mean, the back and right. forth between him and uh, our boy Mike Francesca has been absolute <laughs> gold. That's it. So Francesca said something about Syndergaard never being available for games. And Syndergaard said... um he was surprised that Francesca was still alive. So, <laughs> what a mark! <laughs> That's awesome. I like I like the back and forth. Thor would would mess him up though. Imagine like I don't even know who Syndergaard looks like. He would probably tear his labor. I'm trying to punch Francesca though. Ah, uh, who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, Eduardo Escobar, yet another Matt. See? This feels like franchise mode where you just sign all the players to your own team, but none of the other teams have any cap flexibility. So you're the only team active in free agency. Yeah, right. I, I played a, uh, a couple of years ago. I was playing uh, Madden, mm-hmm. and I think it was before the Bills became good. Uh, so this is like eight, 18 or 19. And I remember I was like the Jets or something in free agency in my franchise mode, and I was doing free agency, and I didn't have any money, and nobody else did. And the Bills signed like eight free agents. <laughs> Oh, they signed shit. like eight guys. They signed like Le'Veon Bell. They signed like a defensive end. They signed some wide receivers. They signed some linebackers and nobody else signed anybody. <laughs> That's what this feels like. It feels like the Mets are the only team. Like they, they got their mom's credit card or something and they're just going to the book fair and they're just buying all the books and nobody else has any money. I'll tell you right now, if it's called Shea Stadium still, that thing will be sold out. The City Field? Not. City Field, yeah. yeah. So the Mets also, they might lose Conforto. Um which will suck for the outfield, but it seems like they're content to do that. Benny does not like that. Don't you dare. I think he's barking at an airplane. Uh, uh, but Conforto could walk. Maybe it's Trevor Story heading to Philadelphia Airport nearby. Um, Hector Neris to the Astros. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Would you have liked to see him go elsewhere? I would have liked to see him stay. I like Hector Neris. And they, they, they'll they find a replacement, I'm sure. They are. They Phillies are signing uh, Corey Knable, but, uh, I mean, it would have been nice to f- just keep Neris. He made the most sense to stick around. Yeah, that was depressing to see. Um, At least he didn't go to the Mets. <laughs> yeah. So, Phillies signed Corey Knable and Johan Camargo to free agent deals. We wouldn't even be highlighting these if not for the fact that they're Phillies. Um, Honestly. And then Marcus Stroman yesterday, I think, was one of the last guys to sign um, he signed with the Chicago Cubs three years, seventy-three million, I think it was seventy-one million. Um, he has an opt-out. Yeah, he has an opt-out after the second year, so he can make fifty-four million the first two years and then leave. What a so it's team. another one of those high AAV deals where it's short-term. And I then also, play. Uh, yeah, 
And friend of the show, Andrew Knapp, is leaving the Phillies and going to the Cincinnati Reds. That's a good pickup for the Reds, for sure. I won't miss him. <laughs> he knows. He might turn his season around. Yeah. Well, they, the Phillies got Garrett Stubbs from the Astros. Yeah, it's not a bad pickup. Um, so speaking of people changing scenery. Oh, my goodness. College football. Out of nowhere. Uh, this was just like, I feel like it all happened in the span of like two days. Um, Mid-season, by the way. <laughs> yeah, before the yeah, but these are some decent teams. <laughs> Notre Dame, especially. So Lincoln Riley, um, he gets on he, he plays on Saturday. He gets yeah. to the podium. His first the first thing he says when he sits down for his press conference is I'm not going to LSU. Which he was telling the truth. Because he's not going to LSU, he was going to USC. <laughs> so Lincoln Riley abandoning his Oklahoma Sooners. Um he, he said the first day that he even spoke with USC was on Sunday morning, and then they had a deal on Monday. Um, <laughs> he texted Spencer Rattler, the uh, so Oklahoma's f- former starting quarterback that is now transferring. He texted Spencer Rattler that night and explained his uh, his whole thing. Hey man, I'm going to LA. West and Rattler responds. <laughs> Rattler responds with "Good luck, LOL." <laughs> um, what a king! Uh, Lincoln Riley. Apparently had a team meeting for like seven minutes the next morning, and the guys were just like they were there, and it was over pretty pretty quick. Um, Oklahoma is targeting Cliff Kingsbury of the Arizona Cardinals as Lincoln Riley's replacement. Um, Kingsbury, formerly of Texas Tech, he was Why actually he Patrick Mahomes' head coach. I think it's because there's more money in college football because they're not paying the players. So, so there's some there's some good money in in uh. In college, um, I didn't put it on here, but uh, Matt Rule was actually offered $130 million to go coach USC, and he turned it down. Shaking my head. Just so, shaking I mean, my head. They asked Kingsbury about it. He won't He won't shoot it down. They won't even they, – they asked him, like, directly, why, why won't you dispel these rumors? And he said, I'm not focused on that right now. Uh, Kingsbury has one year remaining on his contract with the Cardinals, which is next year. They're currently, one eight and two. Yeah. So he's got important things to do. In the interim, but he's not, he's not telling all, he's, he's telling the truth. I mean, he can't really think about that now because they are in pretty much the playoff on, and Murray has to get healthy. And yeah, and this, and this season basically only boosts his stock up if they continue to win and look good. If he just, he does decide to leave either yeah. mid contract or at the end of the contract. And know? in fairness, I mean, coaches in the NFL that go to, college or go either come from college or go back to college the most famous one of course is nick saban and soon to be urban meyer if urban meyer leaves (laughs) i mean if kingsbury and or urban meyer leave it's almost like an indictment on their character because they are both in the nfl and they both have franchise quarterbacks that's the hardest thing to get in the nfl it it makes sense if you know i don't know if nick sirianni decides to go take a different job because he doesn't have a quarterback yeah nick saban when he was with the dolphins left because they wouldn't let him sign drew Brees. Said, all right, I'm going to go to Oklahoma, uh, Alabama and get every quarterback in the world. So, I mean, when these guys come to the NFL, you need to pair them up with a quarterback. Like we said in the first episode of this pod, quarterback, head coach are kind of joined at the hip now. Kingsbury leaving, he's got top six quarterback in the NFL, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Like, like why would you want to leave that? Just like you said, more money. Yeah, well, yeah. And you become a god wherever you are. 
yeah, yeah legend you could, you could just get statues yeah the turnover is not nearly as as bad in college as it well in general it is but at the big schools not so much if you look at all the big schools i mean james franklin is like as mediocre as it gets you can't really recruit and he just got a what a 10-year extension with penn state so i mean and i'm not exactly sold on ryan day but he's there it, it's interesting um so the next um, shoe that fell was Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU. This shocked um, me. So the contract details from Lincoln Riley have not been um, reported if they have. Sorry, we missed it, but I didn't see anything as of today. Brian Kelly's getting 10 years, $95 million to leave Notre Dame for LSU. Um, he did the same thing to Cincinnati back in 2009. He left them for the Notre Dame job when uh, Charlie Weiss was relieved of his du- his duties. <laughs> And that was right before the Sugar Bowl. Now, he called a team meeting the next day at 7 in the morning, and it only lasted 11 minutes. So it lasted four more minutes than Lincoln Riley's meeting. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm going right through. I'm looking at it. It said it's ruined. Or... Wait, let me see. He is rumored to bring $110 million. Wow. I don't know if that's for him or the school he's bringing in, but that's what I'm reading at. Yeah. I'm, I'm also confused. Um, this is breaking news now as well. LeBron James has been in the COVID protocol for two days. He's taken eight COVID tests. And they've all come back negative, but he's not allowed yeah. to play. Because it's 10 days. I don't understand what's going 10 on. 10 games, I mean. No, I don't understand. It says right um, here, USC is reported to be buying both his homes, him as in Lincoln Riley's homes in Norman for $500,000 over asking, adding up to $1 million bonus, buying a $6 million home for their new head coach in Los Angeles. So they and bought him a new allowing, house. And allowing unlimited use of their the private jet 24-7 for him and his family, according to uh, his tweet. According to the tweet from, I don't know where, but this is on foxnews.com. So they bought his houses for a million extra over asking price, then bought him a $6 million home, and he gets to use the plane whenever he wants. Yeah. So now I understand why Kingsbury is not exactly shooting down a uh, college job. USC yeah. has really cycled through head coaches since um, since Pete Carroll's left. I know they had Clay Helton for a little while. They've really they've struggled to find the right guy. That's someone who might go back to college because, man, Seattle looks dog shit. I'm telling you, it looks like dog shit. This so was uh, since... Albert Breer, actually. No, no. Excuse me. It was Robert Hefner who first tweeted out the uh, the rumor contract for Lincoln Riley. It's not confirmed, so, but this is what it is. $110 million. Geez. USC buying both his homes in Norman for 500000 over asking, which is $1 million bonus. Buying a $6 million home in L.A. Unlimited use for the private jet 24 hours, 24 7 for his family. This is according to Robert Hefner at Robert Hefner V on Twitter. And here's another thing. So we said college doesn't exactly have the most stable environments or is a little bit more stable than, you know, some other than the NFL. Yeah. So Pete Carroll was hired in 2001. He left in 2009. Lane Kiffin in 2010 was hired. He stayed until 2013. Edward Geron took over. Steve Car- Starkeesian took over. Then two years later, it was Clay Helton, and Clay Helton just got um, the lead of his duty. So, I mean, they are still stable at some of these programs, but the USC hasn't really won anything in 10 years. Um, Not since Matt Leinert. Yeah. But oh, man. It is what it is. I'll get to Brian Kelly later, but I think he's a piece of trash. 
<laughs> I think on the episode with Rich, uh, he said some uh, unchoice words. Yeah, his uh, his L was Brian Kelly saying something about um, his team not being executed or something. <laughs> Wild. Um, Notre Dame fans. I mean, he did what he could with that franchise. He took him as far as he could. But uh, Brian yep. Kelly to LSU. Now, I do have one question. What's up? So uh, Notre Dame still has potentially a route into the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're rumored to be elevating their defensive coordinator, whose name I can't remember right this second. Something Freeman. Uh, Marcus Freeman, I think is his name. Freddie Freeman. Um, I forget what it is. He's like 36. Um, he, he's a pretty young, but the, the mid-30 head coaches have been pretty successful in the previous you know, five, six years. Marcus Freeman. Um, Marcus Freeman, oh, okay. Um, but like guys like Ryan Day, Kingsbury, uh, Lincoln Riley, young guys that get elevated to head coaching roles, they have success. Um, would you rather uh, – so I kind of hate Notre Dame. I don't know about you, but would you, <laughs> would you rather, A, see them win and Brian Kelly has to watch from the outside looking in, or B, they just get trounced like they always do in the postseason? Uh, I'd like to see them overcome because now they know that the head coach wasn't really invested in them. I would like and, to see them shove it in his face too, but I love watching them get their butts kicked. Yeah, I mean, I'm indifferent. I can care less about uh, Notre Dame, but for the sake of the story, I would like to see Notre Dame rise up and uh, yeah, prove uh, Kelly wrong, especially if Kelly doesn't have immediate success in LSU. Oh, he won't. That would be fun. He's got to have at least two years to really recruit. Um, also, there was a five-star um, quarterback recruit that was headed to Oklahoma that is now decommitted from Oklahoma and is now going to USC. So following Lincoln Riley to L- to USC, seeing the Lincoln Riley effect already. I mean, what a what a pickup though. Oh, Oklahoma. Oh wait, LA. We're going to Cali. Um, well, that was that. That was a crazy uh, two to three day span with college football though. Just out of nowhere too. I wonder what Fireman Joe has to say, or Bark. <laughs> um, well, next we'll uh, jump into uh, the basketball. Uh, the Sixers week in review. Rob, last from the last time we spoke, uh, the MB God himself uh, returned Saturday, last Saturday, as they lost at home in double overtime to Carl Anthony Towns and the Minnesota Timberwolves, one twenty one, one twenty, a one point loss. That will be a foreshadow because it came back another one point loss later on. But uh, Embiid's return was a forty two points, fourteen boards. D'Angelo Russell absolutely assassinated this team from the moment of tip-off to the end of the game. Your thoughts, sir? I didn't really see much of it. I saw the overtime, and I I still think the two things this team lacks are a closer and a primary perimeter creator that can go get a bucket. I mean, you saw it in this game. They have to manufacture offense. By the way, Tobias Harris looks awful right now. He's been off. Um, I know he's coming back off of illness, so that, that's different. But Embiid looked really good on Saturday. He did look really sluggish in overtime, but he fouled out Towns, which is something he does almost every time they play. <laughs> um, and he pretty much dominated 42 and 14. It's nothing to sneeze at, especially after not playing for a month. But I'm not super encouraged by the Sixers right now because they have struggled to beat bad teams, including losing to some bad teams. But they haven't really looked all that good. Um, even Monday, they beat Orlando. They only beat them by five. They're they favored by 14. Yeah, yeah. They're favored by 14 going into that game. 
Uh, Curry was kind of the saving grace with 24 points. Embiid didn't look great, but he did well enough. Orlando stinks, and then they lost to, what was it, Boston last night? Yeah, they lost to Boston last yeah. night, a uh, one-point game in their first of four road games. 87-88, they lost. Curry, 17, leading scorer. Shake Milton at one point was the leading scorer. Do you want to say the, the final score again? 88-87. It's 2001, <laughs> not 1974. I can't. I, it's been a while since I've seen it score that low. Under 90 points. Was it 165 points? 75 points? That's wild. Shake Milton had a really good first quarter. Um, he was the spark. Otherwise, this team would have been absolutely blown yeah. out. He's the only reason they're in that game. Our We're producer. learning to success here on the turn pod. <laughs> Bless you. Um, oh, you don't get a thank for <laughs> That's gold. Uh, Embiid, uh, another double-double machine for him. Terrible um, game for him, though, offensively. He was amazing defensively, but his offense looked nothing like team, it should. The whole team was struggling yeah. from the field. Like It was atrocious. It was like 4 of 13, 4 of 16, 3 yes. of 18. It was abysmal. It's the, it's the curse of Al Horford. Jesus. And uh, they played. he got to play against Ennis Freedom last night. Jesus. Uh, did you see the picture? It was on the, the – the ESPN app where it does like the tracking, it'll be like Seth Curry misses a three pointer. No, um, Joel Embiid blocked freedom yesterday. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Because of course, Ennis Cantor changed his name to Ennis Cantor Freedom. Oh my and goodness. On the app, yeah, I know. And on the app, Embiid blocked him, and it said Joel Embiid blocks freedom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's gold. I wonder if he. Uh, I don't have Instagram at the moment. I've not taken a social media cleanse, but I'm wondering if Embiid will later. Use that for a future post when he plays uh Candace again. Like, yeah, I, I, again. I wonder if he wants to dabble in the political, you know, whatever is going on with Cantor or Freedom, whatever his name is. I don't know if he wants to get involved with that. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's already knee deep in that one. Yeah, he's also knee deep in COVID tests, um, which <laughs> I don't understand why he's not allowed to play if he's passed eight consecutive tests. <laughs> they they beat the Kings the other night anyway. Um, that was Russell Westbrook. The next few, yeah, he's been terrible. Um, the next few games for your 76ers, they have Atlanta on Friday. That just feels like a a very important game. It does. I mean, it feels like Atlanta might just absolutely torch this team. Yeah, then they got Charlotte, right? They got Charlotte back-to-back. Yeah, LaMelo, who's going to guard him? And Mike, Michael Bridges? Michael yeah. Bridges? Uh, Miles. I like him a lot, by the way. Scary Terry, Ugh. Gordon and, Hayward. Uh, Gordon Hayward has been very good ever since he stormed the Capitol. So <laughs> good for him. Yeah, good for him. He's been low key ever since that happened, though. Yeah. So we'll touch on it again because we're going to do another pod on Friday. But um. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll go and do our game predictions for that then. Um. However. Yeah. We have to take a negative turn real quick. Ugh, um. Your no. Philadelphia Eagles. Your beloved Philadelphia Eagles, your Super Bowl oh, champions, five years removed. Your Eagles lost to the New York Football Giants on Sunday. The New York Football Giants without their three best weapons on offense. Or a head coach. Without a head coach. Or an offensive coach. Without, without a half season quarterback. They're starting running back limited. Your Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Giants. What was it 13-7? to Another good old-fashioned 1974 final score. Um Jalen Hurst probably played his worst game 
I've ever seen him play. Um, What's going on out there? Does he look shook? I haven't seen a game yet because of working, but is he looking shook out there confidence-wise? I'm not really sold on him as it is, but I think Sunday they, they're going to tell you he was hurt. He's been hampered by this ankle injury. Um, he he made a couple bad decisions. So the, there was one interception that the, the, you can't really see what happened until you look at the all 22. There was one play where Quez Watkins was coming out of a break and Hurts threw the ball to where Quez should have been. Quez was held. It wasn't like really worthy of a flag or anything, and it didn't get a flag. But he was held, and he just stopped running his route. And when Hurts threw the ball, it went straight to the safety. People are wondering what happened. The uh, the worst turnover of the day was Hurts at the end of the first half trying to force the ball into a, like a nothing play. Terrible. He was flushed to his right. He should have thrown it away, and they would have gotten a field goal with a couple seconds left. Instead, he throws it into the field of play, and it was intercepted, which kept the Eagles from scoring a field goal there, which would have come in handy later on in the game. Oh yeah. Um, Boston Scott fumbled, of course. Hurts. They just he can't really throw the ball down the field. Is the big issue, and I don't. I know there's not really a whole lot of you know, weapons on this team that can get open downfield, but Hertz doesn't really have the ability to let it fly, and I think that's ultimately was going to do him in as a starting quarterback. Do you think also as the offensive line? Again, like I have no idea how these games look, but is it the offensive line that's not keeping him upright for him to like survey the field, or he's not good with his progressions? No, offensive line has been the strength of this team so far. Really? Um, there was a there was a touchdown that was called back. Boston Scott would have scored a touchdown if not for uh, Nate Herbig holding somebody, which was a result of uh, Jason Kelsey getting hurt. <gasps> Kelsey came back, but oh, Kelsey Herbig hurt. took over momentarily. Damn. I mean, and we we would be remiss if we didn't touch on Jalen Aguilar Regler missing dropping two crucial catches that would have won the game essentially for this Eagles team. Yeah. Um Regular. you were very animated when you sent sent it to me. Are you still animated, upset, or after some time do you think it's really not Rager's fault? This dog just pissed on my lap. <laughs> I'm shook. Rob is shook. <laughs> he is now texting the producer who isn't paying attention at the moment to see what's going on. Oh, these are my favorite khakis. <laughs> khakis? So what, she pissed on your, uh, she pissed your on car keys? Shorts. Oh, your shorts. I thought you said khakis. Oh, or khakis. I pissed on my pants, I mean. Yeah, I remember my khakis. Um, your work-related khakis? Yeah, I don't even know what the question was. Um... <laughs> Do you think, are you still upset with the Rager drops? Oh, yeah. Or after some um, time, you think, all right, it wasn't really his fault. It was under duress. So, right. And, you know, because Hertz's progression isn't great because Devontae Smith was wide open on both of so those. So, the first one, for what it's worth, I thought was catchable, but would have still been a difficult catch. But the second one was, second one should have been caught. He did a good job getting open and boxing out the, the safety or whatever, but he's got to catch that. Do you think, uh, do you think they would have had time to clock the ball if he caught it? Because it looked like if he were to catch it, he would have been at the one well, on fourth question. down with like I think he would have. 10 seconds. I think they would have gotten it because they only had to go like 30 yards to the end zone. So they would have clocked it and then had it probably what one play to get it into the end zone. You expect they would these... have called some 
stupid play. They would have called a dump off to Kenneth Gainwell or something. Do you think these uh these linemen would have hustled all the way down there? Yeah, I think they would have gotten there in time. I would have to look at the play again to see exactly how much time it was on the clock. But I think if there's any more than 10 seconds, I think they get there no problem. Mm. Um, I got to look point. at this. Uh, regular. Regular. Uh, let's see what's going on here. So had he caught it, there, he would have been tackled with about 14 left. I think they get down there in time and clock it. There was 15 on the clock when it fell. So he gets tackled. Maybe one extra second comes off the clock. Um, I think they get down there and clock it, but still. And that maybe that gives them two plays too, because then you got 14 seconds left on the clock. You can maybe try to run it, but probably not going to get in. You're going to have to throw it both times unless you really um, test, like trust your, uh, your run. I'm shook right now. I'm just piss on my pants next to this dog. <laughs> but, I think unless you really trust your run game, I don't know if you're punching it in there. I mean, just like if you trust your dog not to piss on you, I don't think you would have it on your lap. I don't at this point. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Producer coming in clutch. Yeah. Um, Are you encouraged by the defense of the Eagles, even though the collapse that they did? Withholding uh, the team of 13 points. Yeah, they held them to 13 points. Oh, wow. She didn't piss very far from my foot either. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm a little. Uh, I mean, great. So they didn't play a great team, but I am a little encouraged by the defense. They held them to 13 points, which is you know holding anybody to 13 points is impressive nowadays. And I think Daniel Jones could have thrown the ball all over them because he's he's good enough to pick apart this crap defense. Darius Slay has played well. Stephen Nelson done a couple of good plays. He got hit for, with a uh, pass interference at one point though. Pass rush didn't do a ton, but they stuffed the run a little bit. I don't know. I'm not. These division games are. Yeah, these division games are wonky as it is. So I mean, you can't. You got to toss them up. Um, This was Joe Judge's Super Bowl too, by the way, because he's mad that the Eagles didn't win last year against Washington to get the uh, the Giants in. But I mean, win more than five games or whatever, maybe you'll get in the playoffs. Yeah. Speaking of the playoffs, what would you say the percentage chances now of this uh, Philadelphia Eagles making the playoffs? Mine was like you know 100 percent beginning of the. Podcast essentially. That's Where was it said. heading into this game? Heading into this game? Yeah. 75% chance. Really? Because they have an easy schedule. Yeah. You would assume they can beat these teams, and the Cowboys have been losing like the shootout at home against uh, LA, uh, the Vegas Raiders. Mm. You think this is the chance, and they meet up at the end of the season or close to it with uh, WFT as well. Then they can sneak in, you know, fumble their way in, but. Now, with reports of, you know, Hurts with the ankle, but he still wants to play. Minshew Mania, it looks like he will be taking some snaps. I don't know any of the news, but I say 25% chance this team makes the playoffs. I was going to put it at about 35, 40. Now, there was somebody on the radio today um, that said, that signed me as some sort of like analytic model or some crap. Um, if the Eagles go four and one down the stretch, regardless of when that one loss comes, they would still be at over 50% percentage chance to make the playoffs. So, so they really just have to win. So what do they have left? They have two against Washington, one against Dallas, one against the giants and one against the, uh, the New York jets. So five games remaining, if they win all five, obviously they put them in a great spot, but I don't know. Or no, they have four games left, don't they? One giant, two Washington cowboy and uh, jets, right? Yeah. Five games. 
I mean, if they win all four, then we'll see what happens. But I, I don't think they're getting in. I mean, I mean granted, uh, Atlanta is terrible, and they're still on the hunt. Eagles aren't very good. They're still not. Carolina's been pretty bad lately, and they're yep. still on the hunt. So I believe we have the tiebreaker. Eagles have the tiebreaker over the Saints, the and Falcons, Panthers. and the Panthers, but they don't have it over um, the Giants as it stands right now. Or the Bucks, if the yeah, or the Bucks if that if they tend to fall. All right, all right. Should we just dive into the Week Twelve that was? Because I think we did pretty good on the TTPs, and I took an absolute dump and picks. I I have yet to compile the data yet. I'll have it for Friday's episode. All right, no but, um, I think you went three and zero oh in the T or two and two and one two and in the TTP, and I went one and two, if not two and one. I have to check. Um. The pick was just, definitely bad. Let's look at week 12. Uh, Giants obviously beat the Eagles. Bears over the Lions on Thanksgiving. What a game that was. Dude. Uh, Raiders-Cowboys. Shootout. Best game it, of the week. The over. Yeah. Bills destroy the Saints. Nothing happening there. Uh, I said last week, I didn't realize it was going to be a blowout, but I said last week the Bengals will be Flexing their muscles against the Steelers. This is the first time they swept the Steelers in a single season since I believe Boomer Esiason was the quarterback there. So really, yeah, I think they touched on that on Thursday on a, on a CBS. So Bengals really showed up and kind of punched their older brother in the mouth this year. Yeah, that's what you mentioned. You said this might be a case of little brother beating a uh, big brother, like with yeah. Jacksonville and the Patriots. Uh, the Bucks beat the Colts. That was a good game. That was thirty-eight, thirty-one. Uh, the Dolphins beat the Panthers. That was a weird one. 33-10. Panthers, that I don't looks, know. That signing looks great now. Yeah, Cam Newton, what his his QBR was 5.8. He was 5 for 21 for 92 yards, two interceptions. P.J. Walker just saved the day, went 5 for 10 and 87 yards with an interception, so not much better. <laughs> um, your New England Patriots look like a dangerous team all of a sudden. Yeah, Destroying baby. the Titans. Um, keep in mind this this Monday will be the famous, soon to be infamous Patriots Bills Monday Night Football. The bold um, prediction that was that won't yeah. actually hold up. They're actually first in the division right now. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're eight, eight and four. four. The uh, <laughs> the Bills are seven and four. And if they win this weekend, they'll distance themselves from the Bills. They still have a game remaining against them. So you're half still, right. Um, yeah. You're Falcons right. beat the Jags. That means the Jags none are now relegated to the Arena Football League. <laughs> um, now the, another one the Texans have been relegated to the Arena Football League as they lost to the Jets that game was a huge one for our overs and unders beginning of the year because you have the Texans under 4 I have the Jets under 6 so they're both halfway there I'm good. Jets are 3 and 8 Texans are 2 and 9 and the, and the Jets will win against the Eagles watch probably um, my Denver Broncos beating my uh, my redheaded stepchild in LA Chargers <laughs> I, I'm still puzzled by the Chargers. I don't know about you, but they confuse me, man. Yeah. When we do our picks and when we do, like, you know, actual put money on it, I stay away from it. I try to put Herbert at least, like, one yeah. or two touchdown passes, and that's it. It's hard, to, it's hard to predict anything for the Chargers. They have such a good team. I don't understand it. They have, they have Joey Bofa. They have Austin Eckler as a running back. They have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They have my guy, Josh Parmel. A franchise quarterback for the most part. Josh Palmer, who uh Josh Palmer, two catches, 25 yards. Big game from Josh Palmer. There you go. Uh, franchise quarterback for sure. Um Jared Cook is there. I don't know, man. 
They're weird. Uh, Packers. Packers beat the Rams. That's a big one for playoff position. Packers are now nine and three. The Rams are now seven and four. 49ers beat the Vikings. We were both wrong about that. I know. I'll never right. pick the Vikings as long as I continue this yeah. uh, picks. Never pick them. Ravens over the Browns, and what a, what a game that was. Jesus Christ. And then football team beat the Seahawks. Um, there was a combined, what, 32, 46 points, 56 points in the, in the last two games of the week. Pretty sure the Cowboys game <laughs> and, and the Buccaneers game both hit for more points combined than the uh, in each game. <laughs> Than the two primetime games this week. For sure. <laughs> so a big week. Um, does this change your mind about who your Super Bowl predictions will be? I don't remember who they were, but I believe you had Kansas City and Green Bay in the Super Bowl. I think and so. And when we revisited it midseason, I think you still kind of were riding with them. Definitely changes it for the AFC. It won't be Kansas City, but I can't think of the team that I would ride with. Looks where like do you Patriots have? I was gonna say, where do you have them right now in your AFC power rankings? The Patriots winning the division at this point. I think I have them like third at this point. I have them uh, winning the, the division. Yeah, me too. Damn, fun week. Um, speaking of another fun week, Thursday night football set to begin. In about an hour and a half, if not two hours, we have Dallas traveling to New Orleans. When we put together the rundown for this show, it was four and a half. Now it's six and a half in favor of Dallas. No Alvin Kamara. Um, no, no Mike, Mike McCarthy. McCarthy. The coach And is out. no Trevor Simeon. Why is that? That's a good question. Maybe they're just, I don't know. I don't think he's hurt. It's because a capable quarterback was not a quarterback. He's yeah, starting think, a quarterback. Honestly, I think it's just because they figured Simeon was so inept and Taysom Hill only has like two losses in his career. So why not give it a shot, right? Yeah, for sure. Does this change your outlook on tonight's game at all? Taysom Hill playing versus Trevor Simeon? Because Hill does bring a different element to the field. 1,000%. Because he can run the ball. Yeah, and he can throw it a little bit, but he's primarily going to be running the ball. You, you know, you know darn well they're going to be throwing packages left and right, and they're yeah. at home, and they're in New Orleans, so that thing is going to be rocking tonight. Yeah. Um. I still have Dallas winning. I like the four and a half, so smart for you to actually take money on that. Yeah, I took that two days ago. Now it's but now it's a six. It's and up a half. to six, right? Yeah. I probably wouldn't do that. Wonder if they'll let me cash out. Probably not. Um, I have Dallas tonight. Yeah, me too. I they're just better. I can actually cash out for more than what my stake was. Hey, there you and, go. Uh, it's only fifty-two cents more, but still, um, <laughs> I have Dallas. Um, just for poops and giggles, who do you have for the first touchdown? Uh, Taysom Hill. I was thinking that too, actually. Taysom Hill. I'll go. Uh, That's partly because I can't name anybody on the Saints besides him I, and Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram might be the other uh, first touchdown scorer. Let's I go. I think CeeDee Lamb and uh, Cooper are still out. Wow, they have the tight ends awfully low on here. Oh, I would pick Schultz for any time touchdown. Yeah, Schultz is plus 180. He's the he's the Jason uh, Witten of that team. 
I don't know who I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, let's go, uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey, for an anytime touchdown. There you go, uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey Lil Jordan plus five fifty. That's it. Do uh, you have a final score prediction? Uh, it might be a shootout. Who knows? Dallas defense isn't all there. I would have it 27-24 Dallas. I have 27-21, so we're on the same wavelength. A... That'll be a close cover, too. Actually, it, it, won't be, it won't be a cover Yeah. at this point. Yeah. Well, I had four and a half, so it wouldn't. It wouldn't so this has a... This does have some playoff implications on it because if, if Dallas loses, Philly is right back in it. Washington's right back in it. And the Giants are back in it. And it almost kind of puts the Saints to bed. Um, they, they still have a chance, obviously, but this is a huge loss if they lose. Breaking up. Um, Amari Cooper is playing in this oh, game. Oh, cool. CeeDee Lamb is also playing, I believe. Um, uh, he's not on there. Yeah, he who do you actually. think? Who, who do you think this game is more... Uh, what's a good word? Marquez Callaway is a good pickup. Yeah. Plus 450 for any time touchdown. Which team do you think has more riding on this game tonight? A win will do more for the team and a loss will kind of break their back a little bit. Dallas. They need to win. If not, you're letting basically WFT and the Eagles hang around. I think New Orleans, honestly, I think Think you're you're definitely right. I just think New Orleans has less of an avenue into the playoffs if they lose. If Dallas loses, they can still get in. I don't know if the Saints still have an avenue in. So currently, Dallas is up two games in the NFC East over I think Washington. Yeah. Um, and then New Orleans is two and a half back in the South behind Tampa. They have the same record as Washington football team, so they're tied for the seven seed, but they don't have the tiebreaker over Washington. Um, it goes Washington seven, Minnesota eight, Atlanta nine. New Orleans 10. They're all five and six. And New Orleans is last amongst that group. So oh, if they lose, they're, they're really not going to have a tiebreaker because I, after, you know, head to head, it goes to like common opponents and then it goes to this and that. So this is a big game for them. And I think it's also a decent opportunity for them to bounce back after getting trounced on Thanksgiving. So I don't hate them tonight. I just don't think they're as good as Dallas. And they're both, both coming off a full week of rest because they both played last Thursday as well. Yeah, I think that, I think being at home would be better for uh, Taysom Hill. I agree. So that's why I see it would be a close game, but ultimately Dallas is the better team, and they got their weapons back. And we'll see how uh, Ben McAdoo, I believe, yeah. I think you mentioned, is the the interim head coach since McCarthy's out. So let's see how his play calling is. God knows we saw it with the Giants. I'm gonna hit you with. Oh, was it uh, with the Giants? Yeah. Yeah, Giants. So I'm going to hit you with a couple of quick props. All right, go Dak for Prescott, it. Prescott, 286.5. Over. Over. Uh, Taysom Hill, 217.5. Under. Yeah. Uh, passing touchdowns. Dak Prescott, 2.5. I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't either. Uh, over two and a half is plus one seventy under. You got Jenkins out there. You got Jenkins yeah. out there. He likes to play close to the line, so that is over the top all day. But getting to rest. Uh, rushing yards. Dak Prescott seven and a half. Over. 
Taysom Hill, 39 and a half. Over. Yeah. He's going to be running all over the place. Both scrambling for his life and plays. So we both have Dallas tonight. Yeah, we both have Dallas. All right. All right, so any wins and losses? So I have one W and one, two, three L's. I have one W, two L's. Uh, Do you want to start with the W's or start with the L's? I'll start with the L's. Right, so you have you have two? Yeah. Uh, right, I have yeah, three. I have two. All right, I'll start with my weakest, which is just MLB in general. Um, <laughs> going into a lockout is really bad for the game, especially when all they've done is complain the last few years that young people aren't watching and they're not able to grow the game. They're not able to market their stars. No way you're going to be able to market your stars right now because you can't even use their likeness until this collective bargaining agreement dispute is over. Um, Manfred has done more to hurt the game than he has to help. Um, whether it be the juice balls a couple of years ago, this new scandal, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a scandal that came out this week, a report that the MLB was using two different balls um, in this past season. So that what they were doing is they were using juice balls that were a little bit more likely to jump off the bat. They were using them for the nationally televised games and all the games involving big stars. Yeah, And then like Seattle, LA on a Tuesday night, they were using more dead balls in an effort to reduce hitting stats as we headed into a big free agency with a lot of big hitters hitting the market. So the counting stats weren't going to look as sexy, but they were were still using, they were still using juice balls for big games like that game in the corn maze between the White Sox and the Yankees. Yeah. Where there were like seven home runs or whatever hit. Yeah. They were just all over the place that were getting hit. And then all your Fox games, all your ESPN games, et cetera, et cetera. So Rob Manfred, specifically, but MLB and the Players Union, millionaires fighting with billionaires over hundreds of dollars. I makes me sick to my stomach. Somebody that makes you know a wage for a living. These yeah. guys are fighting over money. So screw them. Um, don't complain that you can't grow the game when you can't even agree with one another. That's a strong L, and that's coming from a baseball fan now, yeah. and both a player and a manager of your Philadelphia Wolves. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks for the game. You know, even if it was football, baseball, basketball, whatever, it sucks when uh, you know, the corporate and management gets involved and just fucks up the game for the fans and the players because ultimately, the players want to play and the fans want to have something to watch and you know, root for exactly, them. exactly. So it and now sucks. another thing, just to touch on that, MLB.tv, which is the subscription service where you can watch any baseball game unless you're in a blacked out area, you can't watch a single game from 2021. There's nothing on there, and the subscriptions are set to automatically renew, and you can't cancel it. So get the shit out of here, bro. You 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 get nothing. That's gross, right there. I can't. Um, baseball is just petty as it is. Um, my uh one L, well two Ls. One of them is uh Antonio Brown. <laughs> it broke literally like an hour and a half before the podcast. A couple hours ago, yeah. This man went out and got a fake vaccination card and is suspended, I believe, three games. And then I believe it was Freezing Cold Takes was quick on it where the NFL had a tweet saying, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the first team to be all vaccinated. And it said, Bruce Arians confirms that the coaching staff and all the players are 100% vaccinated. Shout out to Freezing Cold Takes that were right on point immediately with that. Always on point. That's a great page. (laughs) 
So that's my L. That's one of my L's of the week. Um, my second L is going to be Brian Kelly. Um, not because he's getting paid or getting a big salary. Yeah. Because he's a horrible human being. Oh, um, here we go. I have go. Three, three stories about Brian Kelly that may not be prominently displayed or prominently you know shared. Uh-huh. Um, while at Notre Dame, he had Robert Sala, the other uh, Kurt Angle double ganger. He <laughs> yeah, and, the um, and what's his name? Matt LaFleur. I forget. Is it Matt LaFleur? Something LaFleur. Whatever the LaFleur guy is. Matt LaFleur. From, yeah. They were assistants for him at Notre Dame. Green Bay. He invited them to a Christmas party. Uh-huh. And they didn't realize they were not on the guest list. They were on the worker list. So when oh. they got to this Christmas party, <laughs> rather than participating in the party, he had them shoveling snow in parking cars. So that's story number one. Um, that's I think disgusting. It, I think it might have been 2011 in this next one. Um, Notre Dame, there was a player that sexually assaulted a woman. Oh, Brian sure. Kelly helped to put uh, cover it up. Nothing was done to the player. This woman killed herself. And Jesus then the third Christ. one, uh, they had practice in a windy conditions one day. He made a student who worked for the team climb up on like this big lift to record the practice. Don't this lift this fell. Yeah, it fell Jesus because of the Christ. wind. This this kid died. So Brian Kelly's a piece of shit. LSU, enjoy that. Yeah, congratulations. I would rather have video. That's nasty. Oh. What a gross human being. He's a uh, horrible human being. I hate that guy. That's nasty. I hope he fizzles out <laughs> at LSU and it, it couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> um my second uh L, you might have this, so I might steal it, but uh I don't know if you saw this, but it's a high school basketball uh, footage that's been going making the rounds on social media. Ironically, I saw it on Twitter, so I do have Twitter. Uh, it's Carlisle High School, uh, I think, against Nevada. I don't know. Anyway, player for Carlisle High School, player number four, I'm not going to say his name because he's a uh, high school, so, you know, whatever, was charged uh, after the fight because he – did you see this? No. Oh, Jesus. All right. What the hell? Rick Carlisle High School? Not Rick Carlisle. Not to be mistaken by Rick Carlisle. Um, let me actually I, show it to I'm you. I'm looking it up right now. You going to watch it? Yeah. So anyway. Is there uh, a video for it? Yeah, there's video. I was going to put it on right now. Oh, okay. You might as well. I can't find it on Twitter. I got you. Anyway. Uh, uh, what the heck? He starts to fight after the game. Like, you know, after the game, basketball, you know, you do the sportsmanship yeah. where you clap hands and stuff. Well, number four waits for, I think, the other guy. Here you go. I'll share it. Waits for the opponent, and then he decks him in the stomach, and then decks him right in the jaw and knocks him clean out cold. And then a fight. fight Carlisle High School basketball player now. Of course, an ad. That's my internet. just took a shit. Ready. Say joy to the world. Where luck is gone for good. Oh, man. Good. Good. Charged with willful injury after a fight. That's when the fight began. Take a close look. Instead of shaking hands, it appears Carlisle player number four throws a couple surprise punches and Nevada player number five. The first punch to the stomach, the second punch to the jaw. The Nevada player appears to be knocked out as he falls to the floor. Several more students join in the fight. It was a shock for those fans watching. 
No, that's I have another my L. L. I have another oh. one. But here, that but, guy who can't pronounce Nevada correctly. Oh yeah, he keep he keeps saying Nevada. They they all say it. Maybe we're wrong. Oh, maybe we are. Um, but this right here, that's an L. But here is a funny moment that I caught. Typical high school. They interview high school kids and their reaction. Here's the first oh, okay. soundbite, and then I'll uh, exit out. In the game and those seeing it blow up later on social media. Look at this kid. I was like, dang. <laughs> that was pretty that was pretty rough. Yeah. You think it was appropriate? Um, I think they could have handled their their argument in a different way. Yeah, sure. What a name. That dude's last name looked like a fucking scrabble word. <laughs> Schlishty. Schlishki. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Oh, that's, my, that's my second L to the, I actually uh, just thought of another L on the spot. All right, go for it. Um, Fireman Joe coaches a basketball team in a CYO league, uh-huh. and he texted me the other night and said one of his players scored on his own basket. <laughs> he said they inbounded the ball, and the kid just put it in his own net, and <laughs> he was, like, dumbfounded. So that's an impromptu one. I just remembered that because you brought up, like, young basketball. Oh, shoot. That's a good one. I'm going to see if I can find the text message while you're doing your next one. Oh, I've done my L's. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, my last one was actually going to be Rachel Luba. Um, Who? She is Trevor Bauer's agent. Trevor Bauer, you may remember him from, you know, beating the crap out of a woman and then being pretty much kicked out of the MLB. Um, So Rachel Luba, uh, where is the original tweet? So she's the agent for Trevor Bauer. Bauer last offseason signed like a a massive like three-year deal for like $80 million or something like that with the Dodgers. Uh He was the original like huge contract, but short-term high annual value contract kind of deal. Yeah. Luba obviously helped him to negotiate that. Um, She tweeted out as soon as shares are signed. Mind you, she is very um, attention-centric. Like she loves you know, just posting on Twitter because she likes people, you know, clicking on her crap. Cool to see Scherzer use this new market in quotes. Bauer strive to create for players, shorter deals with higher AAV for top market guys, creating that market and getting teams comfortable with 40 plus million dollar salary. She's not wrong. Uh-huh. However, Bauer and Scherzer are very different players. And um Jeremy Frank at MLB Random Stats on Twitter goes, yeah, I'm sure 37-year-old Scherzer would have signed for eight years if it weren't for your great work on Bauer's contract. <laughs> she goes, what? I guess you don't understand how agents compare players to prior contracts and build them from there at the top of the market. Happy to give you a crash, crash course if that would help. And he goes, I'm sure his agents were eager to make comps between their 37-year-old with a decade of elite pitching to a 29-year-old whose best season came in a 37-inning season. Good agents make contract comps between similar players in similar situations. Bauer and Scherzer were nothing alike. So L to Rachel Luba because she did not respond after that. She's also wrong because Scherzer and Bauer are much different players. She's not wrong about the high AAV contracts, but uh-huh. Scherzer was getting a short-term contract no matter what. Bauer could have signed for eight years if he wanted to, but I don't know if anybody was giving him a ton of money because he was coming off one good season. So big L to Rachel Luba, big W to uh, Jeremy Frank. <laughs> she's very annoying she's just as annoying as Bauer is that's nasty um Rachel Luba Luba Rachel Luba yeah that, every time she tweets something at somebody because she's full of really bad opinions the problem is every time she tweets something and then somebody says like you're wrong she goes this is why 
I'm so proud to be a woman sports agent because people always tell me I can't do things. No, you're just stupid. No, one, <laughs> no one's upset that you're a woman sports agent. It's the fact that you have bad opinions and you have arguably the worst human being in baseball as your primary client. Jesus Christ. Um, well, let's move on to the, the W's on a higher note. <laughs> Screw Rachel Luba. Not a friend of the show. Um, she might be listening, though. Yeah, because she's looking for the clout. That's what it is. Exactly. She's looking for clicks. Um, mention and if you are Rachel Luba, make sure you add us. Okay. Yeah. Don't be a, don't be a, a loser and not. Um, my only W that matters is the only Philadelphia team that matters right now. You scumbag. That was mine. Excuse me, yo, <laughs> the Philly. Don't you dare call me a scumbag. Hold up. <laughs> All right, then it's our uh, W of the week. Is it your only W? Yeah. Yeah, it's mine too. Your Philadelphia Union are hosting. And their fans. And their fans. And their fans are great. Are hosting uh, the Eastern Conference uh, Finals at home at Subaru Park in Chester, PA, against the New York City FC team. I don't know what that is, but the Philadelphia Union (laughs) are riding high. Two great close games back-to-back at home. They would have been on the road, but fortunately enough, New York FC took care of business. They are on the road now to Philadelphia. Yep. That's going to be exciting. And I would love to be off, but I cannot be off. So, so Philly defeated um, – who the heck did they beat? Uh, they beat – who was it, Nashville they beat? Yeah, they, bet, they beat Nashville. So they, they beat Nashville in penalty kicks, 2 nothing in the penalty kicks. Andre Blake, the goalkeeper, yeah. goaltender, the keeper, attendee, whatever they call him in soccer. You got it right um, the first time. <laughs> he made, I think, four – he made three saves and then two shots missed the net. So he was terrific. Um, I've, I'm not even going to pretend to know what the name of the guy who scored is. Um, <laughs> the Gadzik, I think, was his name. Let me go find it. Gadzag. Um, in the 45th minute, actually in stoppage time in the first half scored, Andre Blake stopped pretty much everything that was shot his way. And then New York defeated New England in penalties the other night on the ESPN. I was actually watching that game. Um, New England is actually who beat Philly last year in the playoffs. So really, little a little measure of revenge, yeah. Good. And um, if Philly had won, they would have had to go to New England and play them, which I believe New England came here and beat them last year. So Union have a pretty good route to the final. I believe they played New York in the regular season. I don't know if they beat them or not, but I heard Jim Curtin on the radio the other day, the the uh, the manager of the uh, Union, uh-huh. and he was you know he was pretty impressed with how good New York plays. So I don't know the next thing about I don't know much about soccer compared to the next person, but. I do enjoy watching the competitive stuff, like the World Cup and like the Olympics and stuff. So I'm going to tune into this. I believe this is what Sunday at three. Sunday at three. So right after the Eagles lose to the Jets, um, or, if you're not, or as they're losing to the Jets, or as they're about to get, as the kneel downs are happening, <laughs> uh, as Zach Wilson comes on the field and kneels down, and Kurt Angle on the sideline is pumping his fist, and Sirianni looks like he's being left at the stadium. Uh, <laughs> uh, switch over to, I believe it's on ABC, so national televised game. Those fans are rowdy, man. Yeah, dude. They have great fans. Soccer in general has great fans. Yeah. Especially if it's a good game of importance like that. Dude, soccer is the spot. I'm an idiot, though. Because this game was on ESPN, I believe, the other day. So normally in sports, the the team whose name is listed first is the road team. Yeah. Apparently in the MLS, they do it the opposite. No, soccer in general. Oh, do they? Yeah, across the pond in Europe, they do the same thing. So the the union scored, and I heard the fans go nuts. I'm like, wow, Philly fans really do travel well. They're in Nashville, Tennessee for this yeah. game. And then I go on Twitter. I'm like, Subaru Park. Oh, that's that's the one. That's where Philly plays. 
So I was confused. I thought the Union were on the road. Yeah, it's a common mistake. They certainly travel well. It's a common mistake. I go, oh, wait, they're actually at home. Didn't it used to be called PPL Park? I believe so. Is that the one? Is it still right off the river? Like right next to the river? I haven't been there, but yeah, it's in Chester. Looks awesome. If you don't get shot outside the stadium. I, when I, when I had uh, Instagram, I follow them and they take amazing shots. Of course they do. I'm happy for them. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm actually going to watch a little bit of that game on Sunday. I'm going to try. Actually, if I'm home for it. I'm going to try to watch the highlights. I literally work at 2 p.m. So I'll be swamped. So I can't. I'll keep you up. I won't be home for most of the day. So I'm going to miss the Eagles losing. (laughs) Good, I think, for your century. Mania. Yeah. Well, all right, man. I I think that's a good way to close out. Do you have another W? No, I was going to do Union and their fans, but we touched on both. Nice. But good for the Union. Good for Jim Curtin. Good for Philadelphia sports. Yeah. I mean, there's at least one of them out there. That's riding high. Yeah. yeah, until I really hope Philly gets a uh, an XFL team when that league comes back around. I think it's coming back in 2022 or 2023. Philly deserves an XFL team. I would absolutely go to Philly XFL games. Well, the Soul aren't a thing anymore? Well, that's arena football. I have no league. idea. Arena football. Yeah, the XFL looks amazing. I went to the opener, Tampa Bay, New York. Yeah. Oh, my God. Awesome. <laughs> really? Decent quality football, too. It's a bunch of former NFL guys or guys that didn't make it. But the fans in Washington were awesome. They had the big beer snake going up like 50 rows. Yeah. I can only imagine what would happen in Philly. <laughs> Philly's a different animal. I'll just say that. They would give out uh, Philadelphia XFL bulletproof vests for the home opener. <laughs> hey, man. The city's great. Philadelphia's a great town. Great city, actually. Great sports city. Uh, Well, this will be a, a quick turnaround because... uh. We'll be posting this as soon as tonight. So when you're listening to this, you might see it on Thursday night or you might see it Friday. And if you do see it on Friday, stay tuned because we'll be dropping another episode later today. Yeah. Pulling <laughs> double duty. Double duty. We'll do the uh, week 13 picks. Uh, top five something. We'll figure that one out. Yeah, we haven't decided yet. And uh, we'll cover the what you call it? Sixers, I think, preview, depending on what time we do record. Yeah, we'll be playing the Hawks. And uh, if any other news with the MLB. Yeah, we'll touch on anything there. We'll we'll kind and, of review the Thursday night game. And yeah, we'll review the Thursday night game, and uh, we'll see if Rob doesn't get pissed on again in between now and then. Ridiculous. <laughs> All right, She's guys. She's asleep right now as if she didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> A true queen. Well, that's it for us, guys. Uh, We'll see you in episode 23, the Jordan episode, or LeBron episode. The Lou Williams episode. Hey, there we go. Trust the podcast, people. Trust the podcast.